1: allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing.
0: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Holy cow, I didn't know that we were going to be able
1: to get things up and rolling here in time. We had uh, my computers, all of them wanted to do a Windows update. So I did a Windows update, and this was like an hour ago. They didn't come up till about 15 minutes prior. I was getting a little nervous because once they wanted to reboot, they wanted to do one of those, like, we're going to reboot three different times. Before we get everything all installed and ready to go for you again. But by golly, we did it. So, welcome into the show. It is the voice of reason. And boy, do we have a program lined up for you today, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station, all over the country radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. We have so much news today. There is no way we're going to get through all this with a one-hour program, but we are going to do our darnedest trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag is what we try to do here on the show. We have the Supreme Court, which we're going to jump into here momentarily. We have voting rights bill that passed the House today. Yeah, yeah, party line vote on the House representative side that's a little concerning on the voting rights vote i use that in air quotes again voting rights bill we have the filibuster debate going on in the senate right now we have student loans potentially being forgiven by lawsuits in 39 different states are you one of those that could actually get some of your student loans relieved based on some uh legal issues going on with Navian, formerly sally may yeah we'll try and touch on all this on the show today welcome in plus we have mark Bauerline. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. He is the author of the book, The Dumbest Generation Grows Up. Now, I really, really hope that I'm not part of that dumb generation. I know we've made fun of the millennial generation. And yes, we're not the brightest ones at times. Yes, we are the ones that started the Tide Pod Challenge, eating Tide Pods. Yes, we are the ones that did the condom snorting challenge. Yes, we are the ones that started other really stupid social media challenges. But we are not... The dumbest generation, or at least I hope we're not. So we'll talk with Mark Bauerlein coming up on the program here in just a little bit. Thanks for hanging out with us today, no matter how you may be watching or listening to the show, uh, as we continue to grow and expand our reach to different listeners all the time. We want to get to as much of this as we can. So let's jump into it. First, right off the ticket here, big news. Yeah, big stuff. What's trending today? I think some of the most important news that we could talk about today, vaccine mandates from the Biden administration on the private industries have been shut down and blocked by the U.S. Supreme Court. However, they do allow it for healthcare workers. We'll get to that in a second. But first off, that's a big win for us. Round of applause for everybody. Yeah. All right. We should be proud. We should be happy that that actually came out the way it needed to. Now, it should have been expected. It should have been an easy, nice little punt in there. But we did it. That's a win. Pat ourselves on the back. The Supreme Court has blocked the Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandates for businesses, trying to say that any business, over 100 employees, has to mandate vaccines or daily testing or weekly testing or other, other garbage. It's not there anymore. It is shot down. The Supreme Court said you're not allowed to do that. In their ruling, according to uh, CNBC, here's what the unsigned opinion was from the court. Quote, Although Congress has undisputedly given OSHA the power to regulate occupational dangers, it has not given the agency the power to regulate public health more broadly. Requiring the vaccination of 84 million Americans selected simply because they work for employers with more than 100 employees certainly falls in the latter category, according to the U.S. Supreme Court. That's a major win. And they're absolutely right. If you have 99 employees, you don't have to abide by. If you have 100 employees and you have to abide by that, how does that make any sense in any way, shape, or form? Either vaccines work, so every company would have to do that, whether you have yourself employed and you're like a sole proprietorship with one employee, you, that has to mandate yourself to do it. Or you have 1,000 employees, it shouldn't matter because vaccines either work or they don't work. But again, beyond all of that... As I mentioned on the show prior to, it shouldn't matter whether you have the holy grail of the perfect vaccine that cures all ailments, all medical issues, with zero side effects in any way, shape, or form. Government does not have the right to broadly mandate a healthcare procedure for you to make your own decision. So kudos. We won this one. That's a major battle. And we've talked about the ramifications of what that could do down the road. Let's talk about what this could do to the Biden administration. Now, they're already diving in the polls. Everybody knows that Joe Biden's sitting at like a 30 to 35% approval rating right now. Campbell is even lower than that. She's trying to rebuild her reputation because she realizes Biden's not going to last a whole lot longer. And she's really, really desperate to try and become president of the United States. She's also a little upset that Hillary Clinton's trying to do a comeback and run again in 2024 which could really dampen her spirits because she's the first VP and she's still not going to be president and then you have to have an old uh, lady that's kind of been a has-been come in to try and recover the party because she's not able to do it that's a bit of an ego check for Kamala Harris so she's trying to build herself up but what are the most important issues right now for voters Republicans and Democrats alike it's the economy with inflation issues it's the spending and the price at the gas pump, the price for a gallon of milk for a carton of eggs, and it's the COVID procedures. For the first time ever in this nation over the last few months, in October, November, December, we've had to not only report unemployment rates, we've also had to report the number of people leaving jobs. And they've tried to spin it every which way to Sunday. They've tried to twist themselves into pretzels every single day trying to explain it. Well, it's because there's a wage war and it's because people want higher wages right now and people are looking for better opportunities. No, what it comes down to is people don't want to deal with COVID-19 vaccine crap as a mandate to be able to work. A janitor who's been working there for 30 years doesn't want to all of a sudden have to have a medical procedure done, a.k.a. a shot, in order for them to continue doing the job that they've done for the last 30 years and have never had to show their medical history before. That's stupid. And the Supreme Court agreed. So now we could see people actually getting back into the workforce, not worrying about these mandates. Now – The businesses themselves don't have a scapegoat to try and use as an excuse to implement a vaccine mandate in their business. They can't say, it's out of our hands, nothing we can do about it, the government's telling us we have to, we're not going to get a million-dollar fine from OSHA, we just had to do it. Sorry, guys, I love you, I love all the work that you've put in here, I love the tenured employees that have been with us for the last however many years, but you got to go because you didn't get vaccinated, Which a lot of businesses did that as an excuse. Politically, the business owners wanted them to happen. So they jumped right on board before they were even law and then said, well, sorry, but it's, you know, we're just preparing ourselves for what could come out from the federal government. That can't happen anymore. They're exposed. And now, at the same time, with the same piece of legislation, the same ruling from the Supreme Court, there's also the mandate now that you as an employee can sue a company that's trying to implement this. Now, I don't know about you, but I have an inkling that we're going to see a lot of lawsuits pop up on the private sector going after businesses that are trying to impose this because they constitutionally don't have the right to do it. I mean, they can as their own personal decision, but they could see potential legal ramifications. They could also see potential issues coming out with them having a workforce leaving because they don't have any grounds to do it. It's just their own personal opinion, which, by the way, puts more power back into our hands, does it not, as the consumer? As the employee, we don't need a union to fight these things. We can do it ourselves. If you walk out in mass from a company, they can no longer say, sorry, it wasn't our fault. It was just the government telling us to. No, they have to say, we truly feel that this is the best way to handle it. And we're going to be completely hypocritical in this sense by uh, the masks and the vaccines and how uh, this issue has been back and forth so long that now they have to face up to their own demons. And you can hold them accountable. As an employee, you can walk out. You can have others walk out. You can threaten to sue the company. As a consumer, we can choose to support or not support these businesses that have actually mandated this or chosen to go down this road. I'm telling you right now, public here on the airwaves, on radio, TV, and live streaming and the podcast, however people listen to this program, that I will not support any business that has a mask or vaccine mandate in order to walk in the door. I'm not doing it. If they have any of these things, I will walk out. I was giving a little bit of leeway. For those that were like, well, we're a large corporation, we had no choice because the government was going to tell us to do it. I was going to begrudgingly do what they asked if I had to, not that I really you know, have anything to do with much of those, but I would begrudgingly have to just go along with it and not uh, openly publicly attack them because they really had a scapegoat. They don't any longer. And I think that's good news. Now, the negatives from this is that, number one, they still said that healthcare industry can still mandate it to the healthcare workers. That's unfortunate, although it's not necessarily surprising. Most doctors and nurses knew when they went into the industry that that was one thing they may or may not have to do because they were already having to inject everything under the sun just to be able to work there because that's what hospitals have done for a very long time. It's unfortunate. I don't like it. I think it's stupid. I still support healthcare workers that are walking out because they don't want it, but unfortunately, we didn't win on that issue. The other issue that we have to look forward to is that it's kind of like the military. I mean, they had to kind of do that too. You know that you're a guinea pig when you walk into the military knowing that that's going to be a mandate coming down. The second issue here is that this is going to fuel the fire for the progressives on the other end that are saying that we're going that they want to expand the Supreme Court. Because now they realize they don't have the Supreme Court on their side, even with the concern about the quote-unquote conservatives, we call them the traditionalists or the you know normal people on the Supreme Court, because you actually look at it constitutionally, they actually ask constitutional questions during the hearings, they actually thought about it in a legal constitutional manner, not just, there's a lot of sick people. I didn't look at it that way. And now they're going to say, well, the Supreme Court's not on our side. We need a win here because we haven't won in the last year. We're losing left to right on all of our policy issues. We've pushed the envelope too far. Now, the only way that we can win is not to change the policies, not to change the mindset, not to change the uh, view or the direction that we're going, but to just expand the Supreme Court, put more progressives on there so that way they agree with what we're actually doing. More activists on the Supreme Court. That's going to be the next big battle. That's one major issue today, which, by the way, as we're debating this issue with the Supreme Court, the media in hysterics. How do we report something like this? They know the polls from Joe Biden right now. They know the Democrats are their golden child. Obviously, they do what they can to protect them. They, they do everything they can to make the Democrats look good and the Democrat agenda looking good. I still am furious with the way the mainstream media being in radio, hearing top of the hour news reports on radio drives me absolutely nuts. For the last four years, every time they played a clip of Donald Trump saying he was going to do something, they always played something directly after him saying, well, this is what the Democrats are saying to to oppose this because, well, obviously they're right and Donald Trump doesn't know what he's doing. For the last year, especially the last few weeks, with the Build Back Better plan, with his ridiculous, stupid statements on January 6th, with this push right now for the vaccine stuff. They play a clip of him. Well, that's it. That's the news. The president has spoken. Just go along with it. I can't deal that anymore. But now they're in this quandary. They said, the Biden administration being, that they were going to fix the COVID-19 pandemic. They were going to get rid of these crazy numbers. They were going to get vaccines, and the vaccines were going to work, and everything was going to be great. We were going to sing kumbaya. We were going to hold hands. We were going to hug each other and say, wow, we can actually, as long as you wear a mask and sanitize afterwards, you were going to be able to hug each other, and we could move past this. It didn't work. There's a lot of new cases right now. That doesn't mean anything, really, and we'll get to that in a second. But there's a lot of new cases. So now the media, do we start pulling back on reporting this because it's making the Biden administration look bad? Or do we really give out the news that there's a lot of cases and try and create this continued fear and paranoia in society with the number of cases? What do we do? Because right now it's not helping Joe Biden because Joe Biden's hurting in the polls pretty drastically. A Associated Press right now, Omicron waves prompt media to rethink which data to report. How do we report this in a way that still says we need to create paranoia and hysteria, but not make Joe Biden look bad in the scenario In the same time? Oh, the quandary. The ways you twist yourselves into pretzels. It's kind of fun to watch. We're just over here eating the popcorn without a mask on. Unless you cut the hole in the mask and then the eat it through there. Reason, but you can do that, too. With Andy Usher. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. republic
0: you're listening to the voice of reason with andy hoosier
1: i tell you big victory today good stuff appreciate you hanging out with us today radio tv live streaming podcasting pat yourself on the back you did this you know why the supreme court had to take this one up and it just wasn't like a pass on, well, I guess we'll just kind of go along with it. It's because you, there are so many people leaving the workforce right now. There are so many people just saying, I'm not doing it. There's so many people fighting their companies saying, I'm not going to get vaccinated. They had to address it. They had to. And it's a big slap in the face for the Biden administration. Again, they haven't won a single thing on COVID yet. And while we've reached the number of vaccinated people across the country for herd immunity, that's still not enough. They want everybody to do it. And how dare you think otherwise? And now the media, not quite sure how to report this. (laughs) Not quite sure. Not even just the mainstream media, even the alternative media sites, unfortunately. So there's obviously Drudge Report. You know Drudge. And Drudge Report has, they used to be relatively decent. I'll find some odd news on there once in a while. But they've had on there every single day for I don't know how long now. I guess since the Biden administration or halfway through the summertime. I don't know when they started this. But they now have on there a counter every single day. For month by month, COVID cases in the U.S. compared to this month, compared to this month last year, and the number of deaths. Right now, on Dredge Report, as we speak, for the month of January, January 12th, COVID cases in the U.S.A. for this year sitting at 860,114 for the month, I guess that's the month of January, January. Or that's just the daily cases, the number of active cases right now, 860,114. Now, how many people have died from the Omicron? Not really sure. Whatever. 95% of these apparently are supposed to be Omicron variants. This time last year in 2021, remember, we're at 860,000 right now. There were 229,900 cases. So for those that may be a little bit slow on the math, and I may be horribly off on these numbers, but I tried it right before the show, that that's up near 335% compared to where we were this time last year in case numbers. Now, media loves to report that. Very, very scary. A lot of case numbers up. Things are up. It's coming back. The variants are there. We've heard about the flu-rona now because the flu and the uh, COVID virus have merged. Very scary. You know. We've also now heard about the Delta and the Omicron. Uh, the Domicron? I don't know what, <laughs> what are they calling it now? The Domicron? Or the uh, Amelta? What are they calling this one? There's apparently one one or two cases of the Delta and the Omicron merging as well. Very, very scary stuff. T- <laughs> the Amelta is coming for you in 2022. Uh, now, very scary, 335% increase in COVID cases. Let's look at the deaths, shall we? According to the Drudge Report numbers that are here daily. In January, January 12th of last year in 2021, there were 4,406 deaths at this time. This year, in 2022, there are 2,756. So let me get this straight. We're up case-wise near 335% cases, but we're down near 50% in deaths, which means, yeah, it's more contagious, Yes, it's less deadly. Less people are dying. And by the way, they've also, of course, reaffirmed that near 90% of all the cases of deaths were actually people with four uh, four or more comorbidities. So, you know, you could be sick with other issues, and that's what's causing you to be tipped over the edge there, unfortunately. Uh, But healthy people are not having this issue. But by golly, you need to get the vaccine to be able to go to work every day. The Supreme Court ruled properly here. I was a little concerned with how the Supreme Court was asking their questions based on topical uh, flavor uh, current event. Uh, types of discussions coming from the Tweety and the social media, but they made the right choice on this one, and we need to applaud ourselves for uh, making that happen. Uh, Now we need to look at the next battle that they're going to be having on this issue specifically, which is still expanding OSHA, trying other executive actions, taking it back to the Supreme Court, and trying to expand the Supreme Court so that way there are more progressives on there to side with them to say that this is a really, really bad thing and we need to have this and that's a concern at the same time as we mentioned they did uh, rule in favor for the healthcare workers saying quote we agree with the government that the health and human services secretary's rule falls within the authority of congress that has conferred upon him uh, after all ensuring that providers take steps to avoid the transmitting and dangerous virus yada 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 little concerning there but nonetheless pat ourselves on the back all right got to take a break when we come back we'll have our guest on the program the dumbest generation who is it And are they all grown up now? Plus, we'll talk about the votes in Congress today as well. Lots more coming up. Stay here.
0: The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
1: Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram,
0: When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Did I
1: not tell you? Did I not tell you this is going to be like the busiest day that we've had in a very long time. We're going to try and cram as much of this in as we possibly can. Welcome back into the show. Thanks for hanging out with us today, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. You can check out our website at HoosierReason.com. It's like the state of Indiana, but without the I. H-O-O-S-E-R Reason.com. Also on our social media, that's at reason on every single one of our social media platforms we kept it consistent we kept it easy so that way you could find us on facebook youtube twitter twitch.tv instagram our freedom book tiktok i don't even know whatever else is out there i'm still working on trying to do more photos you know gotta do like the fishy face or the fishy lips taking the picture for the instagram and doing the weird videos for the tiktok i may have to work on some of that we have the channels we don't do much with them but by golly they're there we're more active on the twitter on the facebook and the YouTube and Twitch as we try and do some videos on there. So welcome into the show. Great to have you along for the ride today. I took lots to get to. We have the vote that happened in the House today. They did pass the uh, voting rights. I do that in air quotes, the voting rights bill. And it has been sent over to the Senate, but being blocked in the Senate sounds like it's not going to go anywhere because they can't get rid of the filibuster, which is really good news. And we'll get to all that here in just a second. We had the Supreme Court uh, shoot down the vaccine mandates as well. Just a day of absolute madness. But I want to take a break from all that for just a second and get to our next guest, which I'm really excited about. What's trending today? We're going to have a really fun conversation with this one because I'm wondering who he's talking about in this one. He is the author of the book, The Dumbest Generation Grows Up, From Stupefied Youth to Dangerous Adults. He is a professor emeritus of English, and now I'm super excited to have on here Mark Bauerlein with us here. Mark, how are you, my friend?
0: Uh, Not bad, not bad. I'm glad to
1: join you. It is great to have you on here now. I I have to ask you, first off, I apologize for my generation. I am a millennial. I'm 33 <laughs> myself. So if this is the generation you're talking about, I would like to uh, apologize for the stupid stuff we've done in advance. Everything from the, uh, from the Tide Pod challenges that we have created on social media to the condom snorting challenges to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I am terribly sorry for everything that we have done in my generation.
0: Well well you, you have to apologize, but I'm a boomer. We have to apologize too because we raised you. We gave you we, we gave you the cell phones mm-hmm. when 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 you were fifteen. We we let you go to your rooms and, and shut the door and click on all the tools and devices and do all the social media and send all the pictures and sleep with the cell phone on at night, uh, one foot away from your pillow so that it would wake you up if a photo came through of a cheerleader at, at two in the morning. So we, we 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 are responsible for this. Uh, we we betrayed you. But the thing is, we are now in a situation. And I'm going to relate it to some of the things going on right now in politics that you've been talking about. We now have a generation of 30 year olds, the millennials, who are okay signing a petition with 2,000 other people to get one person fired for telling some dumb racial joke yeah. on Facebook. We are okay with. Uh, uh, letting the streets of cities be turned over to mayhem and looting and just stepping back from it. The millennials, you know, they're, they're sort of a, a live and let live, and they're going to go because they have utopian wishes and dreams. They are okay with the surveillance state that is going on, all the vax. Uh, uh, requirements. And everything. this is, I mean, even though the Supreme Court decision came came down, but they're they're okay turning over their privacy. They're okay letting go of freedom of assembly. They're okay with constricting free speech. And this is because we didn't educate you guys properly when you were teenagers. We let you go into your cell phones. We let you surround yourself with social media. And we didn't give you history. We didn't give you a country that you should feel proud of. We didn't give you much religion. Uh, We didn't give you family lineage, tradition, you know, a historical background where you feel like that you are coming into the world with a meaningful, purposeful, value-laden universe. And now we see the 30-year-olds, they are bitter, disappointed. Depression rates are up. Anxiety rates are up. Narcissism, suicide is up. They were talked about as the most tolerant generation in human history 15 years ago. Now, they rate higher on intolerance than any generation, higher on mistrust of other citizens, and higher on vengeance and vindictiveness. This is where the cancel culture comes from, and they're all in on that. Yeah.
1: Now, that is very true. If we don't, it, uh, not me specifically, obviously, in in a lot of individuals that I know, but there are so many that if they don't like what you say, then you are wrong. But not only are you wrong, but we're going to educate you with a 30-character Tweety uh, post on you to tell you how wrong you are, and then call you a racist and a bigot and a closed-minded you know, fascist and a Nazi and everything else, because they've now taken it so personal. You are wrong, therefore, you are probably the worst human being on the face of the earth.
0: Everything is personal. And, and remember, Andy, they, you guys, <laughs> I say they, I should say you, <laughs> you guys, grew up. you lived in a utopian space. Yeah. It was called the bedroom, as I said. And in that bedroom, you didn't have to face any people you didn't like. You could make your own little bubble. You could have fun all the time. Total connection with your own community, like-minded People, You could gossip and send pictures and do videos. And it was all about me, me, me. And now you're 33 years old and you say, why can't the world be like my bedroom was when I was a teenager? Why do I have to cope with all of these contrary ideas and opinions? Why did I have to face November 2016 and see that awful man enter the White House? It's not fair. Right. And so they are disappointed utopians. And Andy, a disappointed utopian always has a very simple reason for why the world hasn't turned out the way it should, because there are some bad people out there. And if we just get rid of the bad people, then everything's going to be okay.
1: It's a very superficial way to live because you're right, if there's just bad people, we get rid of the bad people, everything's just fine. I mean, obviously, me being a conservative commentator, we talk about issues like the Second Amendment where there are so many that just, if the guns would go away, then crime would go away, suicides would go away, and nothing would ever be an issue again if guns just disappeared, which is really, it's an extremely ignorant issue and way to look at things because, obviously, if you don't have a gun, you have many other ways to harm yourself or others. It's about educating and having mental health focus instead of just focusing on the firearm
0: let's instead of talking about guns let's go ahead and ask all those men in prison how many of them grew up with a father exactly that that is going to that's going to answer a lot more questions than that uh than than, than the gun rights uh legislation so The the problem is that, again, there's just so little awareness, so little understanding beyond the immediate today politics uh, consumption kind of world that they occupy. And once again, they are looking for meaning in life. Why are they drawn to these utopian visions like Black Lives Matter? Why are they drawn to Antifa? why are they drawn to protests about about climate anxiety? Why do they think racial justice and social justice are some grand visions? It's because they don't have anything else. They're rootless, groundless individuals. They're living like friends, you know, in the 90s TV show where you had 30-year-olds still acting like they're 19. They haven't grown up. They don't have deep meanings. They don't pray. They don't worship their country. They don't have Patriotism and not realizing, you know, it's nice to feel good about your home. It's nice to feel good about your country. How awful is it to tell a 15 year old African American kid this country killed and raped your ancestors and enslaved them? It beat them after slavery and it hates you as well. And it's going to try to exploit and victimize you too. What an awful message to give a teenager who's about to enter the world and wants to have a happy life. Yeah, This is contrary to the, certainly contrary to the American dream, contrary to the American spirit. And I'm afraid that too many people don't have that spirit to say no anymore. Too many people aren't willing to say, don't tread on me. Hey, leave me alone. Stop trying to tell me what to do. Get out of my life.
1: Yeah. I can
0: decide things for myself. I, I don't see much of that today.
1: Yeah it's unfortunate and you and you hit it right on I love the way you you put that is that there's no pride there's no pride in Uh, What you have, there's no pride in what you've done. There's no pride or personal investment into it. When I tried to buy my first car, I had to work hard, and I had to save up money to purchase my first car. My parents helped me and whatever. They said, whatever you raise will match, and we'd be able to put it that way. But I worked hard to get that first car. When it's handed to you, like so many that don't work on it, that stay in their parents' basement, that enjoy the freedoms of the country, but yet go to a Black Lives Matter and try and destroy a city and try and go and steal a flat-screen TV out of Target because— Somehow that makes things you know, justifiable and it's okay because I've been a victim. There's no investment, personal investment, to be prideful of who you are and what you are. So like you said, I mean, they're trying to find an identity and latching on to something, but they don't have an identity to be proud of.
0: Uh, not a lot of pride and not a lot of gratitude either. Yeah. Uh, no sense of the wonderful things that previous generations and this country have provided for you. And again, I I blame a lot of a lot of the mentors who didn't give them that. I mean, remember, the Silicon Valley Titans, who created all these devices and tools, hired psychologists and neuroscientists, experts in addiction and attention to try to lock these kids on the screens and hold them there. And they don't allow their own kids to do it. Steve Jobs famously didn't let his kids get on the computer all the time. They send their kids to schools like the Waldorf schools in Silicon Valley, which are low tech, But boy, do they love our kids to zone out on video games five hours a day.
1: Exactly. I tell you what, Mark, we got to take a heartbreaker. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Uh, Sure. sure. I love it. It's Mark Bauerlein, author of the book, The Dumbest Generation Grows Up, From Stupefied Youth to Dangerous Adults. We'll uh, continue this conversation. Where do we go from here? Can we get them back on track? Is it too far gone? And how do we look with the younger generations behind my generation again as the millennial? I apologize. I'm sorry. We're not all screwed up, I promise. With Andy Hoosier. Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast catch our special features and more. It's the Voice of Reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
0: You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh, man, what a day.
1: What a day. Welcome back into the program all over the country. Multiple radio stations, multiple TV stations, live streaming, podcasting. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a pre-Friday celebration. Having a fantastic conversation with our current guest right now, Mark He is the author of the book, The Dumbest Generation Grows Up from Stupefied Youth to Dangerous Adults. And again, we have we've really screwed up a lot of stuff. Now here's the big question mark, and I, I could talk to you for hours about this. We got about three, four minutes left of the program here, but how do we move forward uh, forward with my generation? are we salvageable with the millennials can we get them from being bitter and wanting to be the cancel culture just because we disagree can we still educate them are they going to be the ones where it's uh, what do they say like if you're 18 and a republican and you're heartless if you're uh, you know 50 years old and a democrat then you're brainless or whatever just you know just <laughs> as you grow up and you have life experiences that My average generation didn't get out of their parents' basement until the age of 30. They don't consider themselves an adult until the age of 30. They're still hanging on to their parents' insurance or student loan payments. It's a weird world. Are we going to grow up and get that experience to become the rational people, or are we kind of a lost generation?
0: Well, well, well there's, there's one... Pessimistic sign, and that is that millennials are not getting married and have, having children at nearly the rate previous generations were. Children have a way of making you become a little more responsible, a little more thoughtful, a little more uh, long term planning, and, and a little more self sacrifice as well. And that, so that, that doesn't bode well. And that's a sign of their pessimism about the future. They're not thinking about building something within their lives. The optimism might come from the fact that they are unhappy. This isn't working for them. They are thirsty for something real. They're thirsty for authenticity. Now, we need to step in and give them authentic authenticity, not these Black Lives Matter distortions and and perversions and and, and social justice bunk. What we need to give them is we we step into their lives and we need to show them good movies. We need to make them listen to good music. We need to make them read out loud the Sermon on the Mount. We need to get them focused on a little Beethoven. Let's hear Let's hear the last 10 minutes of Beethoven's Fifth. Now, I know that may sound Pollyanna-ish, but look, they, they will respond. If you come at them with conviction about the better, nobler, more, more profound, meaningful things in life, I think that they can be reached because, as I said, they're thirsty. They want something meaningful, not 1619 project. They want good history that makes them, that does make them feel proud. Pride is a good feeling. Gratitude. It's yeah. a good feeling. Gratitude and optimism.
1: They want optimism. They want to know that, hey, you know what? I can build a business. I can do something individual. I can be successful as opposed to, like you mentioned, the doom and gloom of I'm a victim. No one likes me. I, I don't have a chance here. And that, uh, you know, the system is against me to where I can never make any, any gains. If they hear the optimism, then that could change the persona a little bit.
0: That's right. And it's going to have to take place on a personal level. Yeah. You know, reach the people in your life who are... In entering that those Middle Ages and and try to uh, you know try to evangelize <laughs> with, with, with the good stuff, not the bad stuff. Sure,
1: that is very true. Now, and we got just about a minute or so left here. But the next generation behind us, the Generation X, the Generation Z, whatever they call us, the you know, the new ones behind us. Uh, I've heard rumors that some of them are, could potentially be more conservative than the generation from World War II sort of thing. Is that true? And are we corrupting the younger generations with them moving up now, too?
0: Well, the, the next generation always wants to be a little different from the preceding generation. 18-year-olds don't want to be you know lectured to and scolded by 30-year-olds. <laughs> but he, here's here is what I worry about. Uh, the woke... Revolution has made the pipeline into the elite spaces of academia, of the business world, the legal world, the scientific world, the arts, the media. They've made that very much a matter of surveillance. They have to feel political correctness looking over their shoulder all the time because when you apply for a job, they're going to look you up, they're going to check out your social media. When you apply to college, They're going to look at your Facebook pages. They're going to see if you've ever gotten in trouble in school before. They're going to check you out. And we live because of the digital tools. Surveillance now is easier than ever. So the ambitious Generation Z might just take the knack of keeping their head down, conforming, doing what you're supposed to do and we've got to build a more rebellious spirit among them than that
1: yeah we got some work to do when my generation is okay with giving up their security for their email and privacy for people to watch it just for a free pizza then you know you have a serious problem which apparently a lot of them like to do it's uh, mark Bauerline, super excited uh FirstThings.com is the website go check him out there check out all the books check out the content mark it's great to have you on the show we got to do this again real soon Thank you, sir. Hey, a pleasure, my friend. We will do that again. Until then, podcast up in just a little bit. We're back at it tomorrow for a Friday to wrap up the week for you. Be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you.